everybody. Welcome to episode 38. It's been a hot minute since we recorded. Um, and Brian, I'm counting on you to give us a real good recap so we all know what's going on. So we went back, fetched the Hippogriff, the Wyvern, uh, and the, what's the other one? Pegasus. Pegasus, that's it. Uh, and then we met up with Falcor and Sassy, and we trained for the upcoming RTC Trekkis tournament, learning the rules, uh, making minor tweaks to the game so that it maybe is a little more straightforward and enjoyable for everybody. Uh, and we are now rested, and it is the morning of the Artissi Trekkis tournament. Yeah, very good. I think we ended there just at the end uh, when Falcor said, you guys are so good and you're going to do so well tomorrow. And uh, everybody got a long rest. So go ahead and like reset all your stuff, all spell slots, although you, you may not use spells, uh, all hit points and all that stuff. And you guys are still Dragonborn for a day. And uh, yeah, we're ready, to, we're ready to do this tournament. You guys ready? I am fully ready to f- abandon the tournament and find a different solution to our problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh, each have a long rest. You reset your stuff. Um, and here we go. It's Eretz's Trek is time. The next morning, you exit Falcors as the rain continues to trickle down. The thick clouds overhead allow very little sunlight to pass through, so the whole city is masked in gray undertones. It's cold, it's dark, and it's wet. Falcor is already outside tending to your mounts. He's fixed all of them with leather saddles and reins, tightening the one on Rosa as you approach, and he says, Today is the big day. You did well last night. The tournament starts in a couple hours. I'll take you up to the palace level for registration. Are you all ready? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> no, not again. I, not, it's your fault. <laughs> no, it is. I know it is. I regret everything. So you're ready? So we're ready? Let's do it. You've been Let's ready? Go Let's do it. All right. Unless you guys want to grab a beer. Before the tournament, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. You take off from Falcor's yard and you fly high up into the sky off your mounts and these saddles to get a good look at the city below. Hooded citizens of Arrow's Edge are already flooding the streets, traveling up from the gate level into the underground tunnels and out the other end where they funnel up the steps to the pinnacle. The gates have been opened to the general public, it seems. And as you fly towards the top of the city, you see a massive wooden structure built into the palace courtyard. At least 20 different towers are connected by hanging bridges arranged along the outside of an oval-shaped pitch, each level of the tower being populated by hundreds of audience members looking over the edge and out across the incredible view that you see outside the city. The north end of this arena juts up against the palace where nobles sit under covered balconies and terraces, chatting away excitedly over cheeses and fine wines. A series of huge black tents have been set up and blocked off at the southern end of the palace, roped off and away from the mass of people. Falcor is ahead of you and he gives his pegasus a short kick and they careen left through the air off in that direction. And he dismounts and he leads you into the tent where various stalls are arranged in rows, most of them occupied by other incredible flying beasts and their riders. Some are very obviously Pegasuses, Wyverns, and Hippogriffs like yours, but there are some that you have never seen before. 
The barnyard smells cling to the muggy air as you make your way down a lane to three empty stalls, a cacophony of animal sounds making any sort of conversation difficult. And he leads you each into the stalls and he he says, Registration and weapons holding is in the next tent over. You'll be given a a choice of blunted sword, club, or padded arrow, but the rest of your things will be kept aside. Okay. All right. Do we choose, right? Like, you're not the one that's going to give us our weapon, so. No, you'll have to go to the registration table. I can wait here with your mounts if you want to head there now. Uh, But uh, the tournament will start soon. So is there, uh, we didn't really cover which weapons might be best uh, for, given what our respective positions are, is there a weapon you would suit us better, given what we're trying to do, or... Uh, no, I, I wouldn't recommend anything. It's really whatever you're comfortable with. I would say maybe a ranged weapon for for you, Carl, might be good. You won't be engaged in hopefully too much close combat, but it's completely up to you, whatever you feel comfortable with and whatever you think your your skills match. All right, let's go register, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> All right, so you guys head, uh, you get head up to the... Um, registration tent and you are greeted by a long line uh, full of dragon board squads in their matching attire you see uh, most are wearing lightweight cut off mesh or bare chested with like cross chest sashes or colorful capes and vests and you watch as several of the dragonborn snicker at you as you approach with your damp sweaters uh, Tug is flipping them the bird and kind of doing like the uh, <laughs> the thing from Friends. What's the What's thing that? from Friends? <laughs> is it the oh the, the up oh, yours the up like yours the fist thing? fist in the air. I'm pretty sure that's what they did on Friends. You can cut all that out. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Friends, the sitcom. Yes. No, okay. just his friends. Oh, no. right. <laughs> is, it, is it off the chin? What the, now I'm going to have to Google it. So anyway, there's a long line. Yeah, there's a long line. They huff at you, Tug. They're being, they, they're being classist, uh, right. we might say, because we have sh- shitty uniforms. And Durf's mad about it. I'm going to look at look at, uh, look at over mad. at Tug and look at Durf and kind of give him the head and start uh, shouldering my way to the front of the line. <laughs> I found it. I found what it is. It's what is it? Oh, it's the two fists together and blow them yeah. up. That is nothing like what you said. No. Well, I'm, I reserve the right to be wrong all the time. Clearly, all the time. Uh, yeah, let's let's go register. And is there uh, some nefarious stuff that maybe uh, Durf can do? Maybe kill some of these guys on our way up. <laughs> Cast. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean like actual kill them. I mean. Kill their hopes of winning with small spells and whatnot. That's a good question. Maybe, Carl, you can just hit one of them with like a divine smite. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spell, right? <laughs> that is a thing. Let's see. What could I do? I could, I could summon spiders on them and see if I could freak them out. Should I do that? No. I, I mean, why don't we just wait and see what happens when we aggressively move to the front of the line? Let's wait and see what happens when we aggressively move to the front of the line. As you as you push your way forward, Dragonborn are obviously not happy with it. There's like there's a whole hubbub, um, and someone shoves you back and says, "Back of the line, son." I, will, I I'm gonna get up in this person's face and just stare at them 
right in their face. What the what the fuck is wrong with you? Are they are they making eye contact? Yes. Durf will surreptitiously summon eight spiders on his chest. <laughs> like tiny spiders? Like tiny spiders to crawl up on his face. Uh okay. While mm. they're making eye contact. Let's see. Hang and, on. And I'm doing that stealthily so that nobody knows it's me. Okay, give me a slide of hand check. That's gonna be a seventeen. Okay, it's stealthy enough. Um you rolled a 13. I was doing like a scared constitution saving throw. I'm going to say that's not enough. Well, what's your DC? My what's your, uh, DC yeah, is wisdom like plus a bunch. Uh, more than 13? 16. Okay, yeah. This this, this dude, <laughs> all these spiders start to like creep out in front of Carl um, onto this guy's chest. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit, spiders. And he runs off uh, and you sneak in line about halfway up, much closer to the registration table. Uh, no, I'm going to continue pushing my way to the front of the line. Dare follows. Okay. Um, waiting, waiting is for losers. Yeah, I mean, more people push back. They're pissed. And even people behind are starting to yell forward at you. I'm, and I just I just give everybody the stink eye. We're the, okay. we're the bad boys I'm of a this bad, I'm a bad bitch dragonborn, all right? Let's, let's make we're this happen. We're the Jello crew. The Jello crew. <laughs> Get back, Jack, because it's a goo attack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, as you as you shove the line, uh, guards actually come up from the registration tent because people are starting to shove you and you're shoving back and it looks like a brawl is about to erupt. Uh, and they come and they grab Carl, they grab you by the back of the back of the collar of this sweater and say, hey, what's the big idea? What's going on over here? Everybody calm down. We're just trying to register for the tournament. These guys cut us in line and we're just trying to get back to the front. Is that true? And he turns to a dragonborn behind you. And he's like, no, that's not true. Hey, cut this whole line. Are you really going to take the word of this lowborn piece of trash? Uh, Give me a deception check. Give me a deception check. 17. 17. Yeah, that's good enough. All right, so he's like, sir, I believe this nice woman here. Why don't you guys go straight ahead? I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know what their deal is. They're probably just pissed. They look like they're going to suck anyway. So why don't you guys go straight ahead to the top, the front of the line? Uh, my treat. Thank you very much. Have a nice day, sir. Durf gives that guy who was just talking, the guy who we lied on, <laughs> a wink and a gun as we walk by. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. And Tug will grab his crotch and go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> To, to, well, not to the guy that's letting us cut in line, the other guy. You're such a gentleman. All right, so he pushes you forward um, to the registration table. You're really close. You're only a couple people behind, but he pushes you forward and kind of pushes who's in the front of the line over. Um, and at, there's this table there. There's this big main table, and staring down at the table is this short, old, green dragonborn, and he's got, like, half-lensed reading glasses, and he's scribbling onto parchment. And behind him is a tall, orcish woman uh, whose arms are crossed with a single tooth that protrudes from her bottom lip that rests just below her right no- nostril. And this, this dragonborn looks up at you through his, uh, through his glasses and he says, Papers, please. And uh, I'll, I'll put down the, the paper on the table and I go, Jello? Je- hi? No, no. I said we're the Jello crew. We want to register? Are you British now? <laughs> I told you. 
This is going uh, to change very frequently. All right, so he uh, he he like puts his long claws on on the paper and he slides them over to him and he looks them up and he looks back up at you three and he looks down and he looks back up at true three and he says, "Weapons and items, both personal and superfluous, please." And the orcish woman kind of walks up to you and holds her hands out. Carl starts uh, unstrapping, you know, his sword and his belt. You know, takes his shield off his back. Gives it, uh, starts taking off the armor and uh, is there's just a naked female dragonborn standing there because they want it all messed up. No, except your jerseys. Okay, the, my, the lower half of my body is unclothed. You're Donald Duck in it, bro? Hell yeah. You're Donald Duck in it right I now? I think we all should. He says, no, 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 no. Keep your pants on. I did, you'd wear your jerseys, wear your pants, weapons and items to me, please. Now. I... Durf puts his pants back on. He turns around to that guy he winked at a gun earlier and winks in a gun to him again <laughs> and then turns over his items. Okay, so everyone is giving all their items, correct? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so you give all your items, all oh. your weapons. Oh. Mm, okay. What? No. <laughs> what I was do you say, like, should we, should, should Durf not be trying to keep, like, a vial for, of something for uh, Eugene? Oh, well, we got our own animals. Are you trying to keep Eugene with you? I want to hold on to... I think you should put Eugene in your ass and let him run around. I'm going to (laughs) slide of hand Eugene under my jersey and tell him, hey, hey, shut the fuck up. Okay, that's a 23. You definitely do that. So so how do you sneak uh, Eugene into yourself somehow... So that no one notices it. Well, he he was he was like hiding in the. He sort of hangs with his little paws out on the collar of my shirt, looking over. Right. Um, and uh, when we got in line, he I, I I nudged him to sort of nestle down amongst my. Uh, okay. You know, yeah. pecs. It's my sneaky enough. Pecs. They're not patting you down or anything. All right. So you got Eugene. Anything else you want to try to? And I, I, uh, as I'm handing everything over, I slide my, that vial of turn into a hippogriff stuff into Eugene's hands. He has no idea what it is, but I just give it to him. He doesn't take it yet. Uh, okay. All right. With a, with a 23, I'll allow, I'll allow that much to be hidden, but everything else you pass over to the orcish woman. Um, and then the, this man, this dragonborn old man says, sword, club, or bow to each of you. Bow. Durf's taking a bow. All right, the orcish woman reaches back, and there's this big, like, uh, bookcase and big stand of weapons, and she hands you a bow and a quiver of padded arrows. Cool. Unless, I mean, the other, the sword and the club are not finesse, right? Right. The bow's the only dex weapon. Yeah, definitely bow. Uh, Tug looks around, looks at the bow, and also likes to take a bow. Okay. Carl's going to take a sword against against Falcor's judgment. Nice. Okay, sweet. All right, so you, you three grab your weapons from this orcish woman. As you turn, the dragonborn says, now tend to your mounts and teams until the teams are called. Next. Hey, hey, hey. How many, uh, how many of these games we got to play today? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. And he turns his head to the left, and he looks back down at his sheet, and he said, I'd say you're about seven or eight. You gotta win until you get to the uh, the championship game. I then too easy. Let's head back to the stables. All right. As we're walking back to the stables, Durf's like, "Wow, we should have just put all our shit in the stables since they let us go back after we turned it in." <laughs> <laughs> 
Too late. Uh, you return to the stables, and um, you wait for your turn. Basically, Falcor's there. You guys are tending to your mounts. He's giving you some last-minute tips. Um, and you hear from outside the stables, you hear the ebb and flow of cheers and boos and gasps coming from the crowd in the arena. So you can tell that several matches have begun and end, um, each one lasting about 20 minutes, pretty short matches. And after about an hour... That same dragonborn from registration you see is he comes waddling down down the lane in the stables, and he is holding this clipboard and he's he's looking around. And he's saying, "Jello crew, Jello crew, you're up, you're up." Let's go. Durf jumps too. All right, you grab your mounts, and he notices you guys like perk up, and he says, "You know where you're headed." Uh, no. Nope. Refresh our memory. Uh, the Aratissi Trekus place. Uh. What? Uh, and he rolls his <laughs> eyes and he sighs. He says, ah, noobs, follow me. As we're following him, uh, as he's walking, I kind of kick his heel to trip him. All right, give me uh, an attack roll. Eight. <laughs> I, th- I feel like I should have advantage because I'm behind him. No, nope, you miss. <laughs> what about my, I go, okay, my second attack roll? No, nope, he's, he's too far away. He's too far away. This is He's too far away. <laughs> this is what happens when we wait so long between sessions, man. Carl, you kick at his heels, but he's just too quick for you, and you just whiff. Durf, Durf just politely follows him. Yeah, uh, Tug also does that. <laughs> All right, so you, you lead your mounts out of the stables, and you pass registration as you follow this man. You take a wide arc around the stadium to the north side, where a huge tunnel is is set up, huge dark tunnel that leads towards the interior of the arena. Uh, you get to the end of the tunnel, and he turns, the, this dragonborn turns and walks away. You see this big oak door with two dragonborn guards that stop you, uh, and you hear a hush fall over the crowd from behind, a muffled hush. Um, and then a booming muffled voice rings out beyond the door, followed by roaring crowds mixed with the sounds of screeching animals somewhere on the other side. And then you hear another hush fall over the crowd. And the guard presses his ear to the door and before grabbing the handle, and he's smirking. And he says, any last words? It was nice to meet you. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Durf, say the, or not Durf, whatever your character name is, say the goo thing. <laughs> Get back, Jack, because this is a goo attack. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> He smiles and he says, good luck. And boosh, she rips the door open and the crowd on the other side goes wild. All around you in the towers, hanging from bridges and balconies, some on flying mounts of their own, darting along the arena border, are roaring fans looking for a show. It looks like the entire city is in attendance. The arena floor before you is a mix of dirt and sand with a long painted line across the center. Several tall and short columns are scattered about, each topped with anywhere from one to three glowing white potions. High above on either side of the oval are two pearl-white orbs floating motionless in midair. Your opponent has already taken to the sky. A gold-scaled dragonborn stands above a winged ape, waving to the crowd as it circles the far orb. Two other golden dragonborns sit proudly above the same humongous white beast hovering in the center of the arena. An owl bear with a wingspan the length of a small ship. 
Each female rider wears similar garb, a vest of red with a golden bell to match their scales sewn into the chest. And from the left side of the arena, you begin to hear the booming voice of an announcer. You look to see high up in one of the palace balconies, there sit two bronze dragonborn on either side of a massive gong, one short and stout with pointed horns and wide-brimmed glasses, the other tall and well-dressed, sporting a bolo tie and a cowboy hat. They sit in front of a pair of glowing wands of rough wood, clearly set with some sort of continuous thaumaturgy spell to make their voices ring out over the roaring crowd. Well, Adam, it's been a heck of a day here already, hasn't it? You got that right, Josh, and here we are as two Eretissi Trekkus newcomers face off against each other. Hell's Bells and the Jello Crew. Looks like they're coming out of the tunnel now. Are are those? Are those sweaters? <laughs> and uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, Tug uh, is obviously waving to the crowd, uh, points at the other team, like just menacingly, and then grabs his junk because that's going to be like his thing. Okay. Yeah. You're just on the ground walking on the ground uh, with with um, Mr. Boomsday prancing as uh, as he is wont to do. And then once I do a good little junk jostle uh, directed at uh, Hell's Bells, which is a horrible team name, um, (laughs) Tug swings up on uh, Mr. Boomsday and rockets to the sky. All right. Durf, Durf is like do. raising the roof and then and then putting his hand behind his ear to listen <laughs> to the crowd. Um, they get louder when you do this. Nice, nice. <laughs> Durf gives him a polite thumbs up and then hops on Rosa. Carl, Carl just kind of ignores everybody and leads Vern to their goal without like flying. And once they reach like they're directly beneath their orb, uh, mounts side saddle, and then they just you know fly directly up. Carl pays no attention to anybody else. All it's right, like, the, nice. like so the crowd's not even there. He's focused. He's honed in. All right. So the crowd, the crowd uh, slows their their applause and their cheers. Um, and as they get quiet, you watch your opponents get set. This massive winged owl bear batters the air with its powerful wings, and the goalie steers her flying gorilla within within five feet of the orb. And then a gong rings out. Uh, and let's roll initiative. Where are you guys set up, by the way? Durf and Carl, where are you uh, on on the field, on your side of the field? Are, are, are where we are, you do, set are up? we doing a 1-1-1? One, one, one? I, I think that's <laughs> our best play currently. Unless, unless you want to go full attack, we go 2-1. And and I'm like the assassin in the middle, right? That's what we decided? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like the midfielder okay. or whatever. So Tug's up by the center line. Durf is like halfway between him and the goal, and then Carl's at the goal? Yeah, yep. we'll be at the slightly, you know, hovering above the goal, I guess. All right. Uh, am I wearing my cloak? Do I get advantage? You are not. Okay. Then I get, uh, nonetheless, a 22. God, 17. Okay. 11. All right. So as soon as the gong rings out, Durf and Tug, you guys are at the top of the order, both back to back. You could do this in any order. What do you want to do? Before we do anything, Durf looks at the owlbear in the eye and goes, hey, I think I knew your cousin. Because I have passive speak to animals. (laughs) I did not. I did not think about this. (laughs) Now that's a. Oh, so that's you're not actually casting a spell. You could just speak to animals. Yeah. 
So, so are you yelling this? Across? You're just screeching yeah, in the, the middle to, of the arena? As far as the crowd knows, I'm just yelling uh, Albear sounds at okay. it. But so I'm actually fucking with him. Like, hey, I knew your, I think I knew your cousin. We're friends. You should let us score. Give me a deception check. Deception? Yes. <laughs> I'm not deceiving him. I'm befriending him. You don't know who his cousin is. The uh, well, I just assume. I guess all owlbears are not related. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is a nine. A nine. Okay, so the crowd is just hearing you screech and this owlbear screech back, and all you hear is "shove it, asshole." <laughs> Durf goes, all right, guys, I'm not friends. So t- Tug awkwardly looks over at Durf and he goes like, we good, man? Plan A. <laughs> Was that your turn? No, there's no way, No, that's, right? just, that's just talking. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, okay. Durf, Durf shoots by up like, we'll say over the right shoulder of the owlbear in an attempt to peel him off of Tug. And uh, heads, though, on kind of an angle, still pretty um oblique we'll say, okay towards right. the goal give me uh give me an animal handling check and since you're doing this against the owl bear team i'm gonna move them up in the initiative order animal handling is a 16 a 16 yeah all right so you do it you kind of swerve off to to you said uh, above them off to the right to kind of veer them away so they they see you coming at them uh, and they abandon Tug who is directly in front of them um, and they swerve off and one of them takes a shot they're going to take their turn now um, you so you kind of like guided them away from Tug but you are now the target and one of them pulls out a bow and takes a shot on you it rolls a 7 so this this padded arrow just skies uh past you just like like 10 feet to the right of you and soars off into the crowd and several audience members have to like split before it thuds against the stands um missing completely and uh tug you're up i assume i didn't get close enough to take a shot or did i um no no you're not close enough you're closer you're on their side but you're not close enough to take a shot from where you are so in similar fashion as uh kind of in uh in training tug really likes to uh, kind of, you know, take advantage of Durf going first and cutting out the wind resistance and kind of gets into a, uh, what are those called? Straight line. <laughs> a draft? Draft? Yeah, draft. Him? Is drafting behind uh, Durf. And obviously Durf kind of hits at an angle. Tug keeps going straight and tries to breach the, uh, the close the distance so that I can use my breath weapon and fire a shot at uh, the orb. All right. So since they're kind of like focused in on Durf, you don't have to roll anything for that. Um, you, can, you can get close enough from your distance to take a shot with since there's no kind of opponents there in the way uh, except for the goalie. So we're going to roll a you're going to roll a dex attack with your breath weapon and I'm going to roll an opposing one with the shield. <clears throat> I'll use luck. <laughs> uh, that is a 17. Okay, that's going to be against a 10. So tell me how you score. Uh, so as Durf peels off and uh, gets the owlbear's, uh, the owlbear rider's attention for a moment, uh, Tug uses that, that swift window to, to fire a very focused and narrow um, beam, striking the orb right in the middle 
and actually continues on his path and just dives right under the orb to swoop back to try and uh, recharge his breath weapon at the uh, potion station. Okay, nice. Yeah, this gorilla, this flying gorilla dives to the left and extends out a hand. The gorilla is actually holding the shield here in this case, and the shot just soars just wide of the shield, and it gets absorbed by this orb, which starts to glow blue as you zoom underneath it and curve around, and that's one shot. Um, up next is this gorilla, and it's going to chase after you, Tug. It's simply going to chase after you, um, pissed off that you got a shot off, and it is hot on your tails. And this this uh, person who is riding this this golden dragonborn who's riding this gorilla uh, has a club and it's gonna try to just smash down at the legs of Mr. Boomsday, and it rolls a sixteen. So this club gets this this Pegasus right in the back knee of the right, and it kind of squeals at Mr. Boomsday. Goes Aah! and Tug, give me a, a dexterity saving throw. So that is a twenty-two. Okay, so you easily are able to hang on and kind of like like calm Mr. Boomsday down and straighten him out. Mr. Boomsday does take three damage, three bludgeoning damage from this club, though. And each of your, each I'm going to say each of your mounts have 50 HP. So just so you know. So he took three, three bludgeoning damage, not too much from this padded club. Okay, cool. But hurts nonetheless. Carl, uh, you're up. You're way back there. Nothing's really happening over by you yet. There's none of the opposing team really, like, on our half of the field, kind of? Correct. Correct. Not yet. Nope. Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna push up to, like, mid-field. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, so up next is going to be the second person on the owl bear, the person actually controlling the owl bear, um, and it's it's chasing Durf down as Durf is kind of flying towards the orb, and the owl bear is going to this this rider is going to push down on its owl bear head, and the owl bear is going to come down and try to clamp its giant beak around Rosa. Uh, rolls a natural one, so. Durf, you pull Rosa away at the last second, just as this this beak clamps down, um, and it the owl bear bites its tongue and takes seven damage. Nice. And Durf, you're up. So what's what's between me and the goal? Nothing. Take a shot. Durf, Durf heads straight in for the goal. It takes a shot. All right. Got to be fifteen. I'm sorry. You said I've got to beat a. Seven? <laughs> a seven? Uh, Wait, is it a dex modifier? Yeah, plus proficiency. Oh, no, not plus proficiency. I'm sorry, not plus proficiency. So actually a ten. A ten? Yep. I'm going to give you advantage, because I think it makes sense that you're able, like, you have nothing defending. I think it makes sense that you can roll advantage. Uh, Thirteen. Okay, you miss. <laughs> <laughs> so you get right up to it and uh, fire a shot, but the the intensity of the crowd and just the pressure of of performing, uh, you fall short and you miss you miss the orb directly in front of you. It's like the, the yips up. from training carried over. Right. <laughs> All right. So I still have the one uh, trailing me, correct? Yes, the gorilla. So. A tug is just streaking on Mr. Boomsday as fast as he can towards the... It's, it's a potion station. Mm-hmm. It, is it set up so that we so can... So there are... Yeah, there are several columns, kind of like both tall, like 
high above where you are now and also short, like only five feet off the ground. They're all different heights and they're scattered around. So if you want to find one, just roll. Uh, if you want to find one quickly, roll a perception check. 15. Okay, 15. You see one uh, not far from you. It's a little bit lower than where you are, your plane right now, but it's really only about about 20 feet below you and 10 feet in front of you. So it's pretty close. You're able to uh, to swoop down and grab a potion if you want. All right. So what I'd like to do is um, assuming my uh, pursuer is still on my on my tail here, I want to swoop down, snag a potion and peel up and head so that I cross in front of uh, Carl's path. So if the okay. guy's following yeah. me, I'm like pulling him towards Carl. Okay, nice. That's perfect. Yeah, you do. I mean, that's great. You, you swoop down, you grab a potion real quick, and you pull back up. And Carl, since he pushed to midfield, is right there. And Carl, I'll let you have an action here since you didn't take one last time. Uh, yeah, so seeing that Tug is going to kind of cross my face and he's got a d- defender trailing him, I'm going to... This is... Which defender is this? Is this the gorilla or the... The flying gorilla, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so as the gorilla kind of goes to cross my face, I'm going to lash out uh, with my blunted sword and try and uh, catch it in the head area, try and aim for an eye or something. All right. An eight. Yo. Yeah, you miss. So what this, are you guys uh, this... doing? <laughs> Stop doing it. Be better. This goalie uh, who is standing atop this gorilla chasing down Tug sees you coming with his sword and dives just underneath you at the last second as you whiff with your sword trying to knock this rider off. And it is his turn, um, and or it's her turn, and she's going to turn back around at you, Carl, and she is going to blow a cone of fire directly in your direction. I need, to make, I need you to make a uh, dexterity saving throw. 16. 16? Okay, so you're going to take a little bit of damage, but not as much, you think, as uh, a straight-on hit. So you see this coming, and you dodge a little bit to the left, but you still are going to take six fire damage. And it is your turn. So also, I'm going to get another turn? Perfect. I can use my breath attack, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right, so you are a uh, white dragonborn. So you basically shoot out a uh, 15-foot cone of cold, and I have to make a con save. This is a six. So go ahead and roll your damage. It is uh, 3d6. That would be a nine. Nine damage? Yep. Okay. All right. So she takes nine damage, and so does her gorilla uh, as they take the full blast of this cold breath that shoots out from you. you, uh, And she seems to be slowed down by this. This cold icicles start to form on the gorilla's wings, and it has to shake them off. uh, But it, it looks bluer and it just looks like it is it's slowed down by this this freezing cold air up next are the uh the two on the on the owl bear that are chasing down durf um around the orb and they they chase you around the orb durf as you miss and the one in the back shoots another arrow in your direction and that's a 17 you're gonna take four bludgeoning damage as this arrow just smashes against your back and ricochets off Uh, And the other one is going to peel away from you, actually. This thing is going to peel away from you um, as the other whispers in its ear. And it careens forward directly towards Carl. And the rider in the front is going to shoot another cone of flame directly at him as it reaches close to midfield. And Carl, make me another dex save. 18. 18? All right. You're still going to take four damage, four fire damage. 
So again, you are able to pull your wyvern around and not take the brunt of this this cone of fire. And it is Durf and Tug up again. Hey, uh, hey, Durf, you used your breath weapon, right? Um, yes. I don't know where I am in relation to a potion. Well, why don't you roll a perception check? Yeah. So I think that's a good place to Can start. Can we just do that anytime or just on the, our turn? So the way I'm kind of doing this is if you want to find a potion, roll a perception check, depending on how good it is, the perception check is, is how close the potion is. And we need a potion every time we use our breath attack. Correct. To recharge okay. it, correct. Okay. 13. And that that costs an action to drink a potion, so. 13. Or to, yeah, to grab it. To 13? Um, okay, so there is one. It's further away from the orb than you would have liked kind of like halfway between the orb and midfield, so you kind of have to backtrack to go get it. But you see one pretty much on the same level you're at right now. So can I get to the potion in a turn? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. I get to the potion. But you're not able to get close enough. If you were to try to come back on this turn, you're not really close enough to get advantage on your roll from the the undefended orb. Is the owlbear going to be chasing me? No, the owlbear is heading straight towards Carl. I thought there were two and one of them was chasing me. There's one owl bear. Both riders are on it. Oh. I, that makes way more sense. I it get peeled that. away from you, yeah. I see. I see. Okay, got it. Cool. Um, well, then I'd just go snatch up the potion and drink it, I guess. Does, does he get an action? That's your action, drinking the potion. Recharge. Oh, uh, I see. Okay. Yep. All right, so yeah, you're able to, to reach back to close to midfield and you snag that potion, you chug it, and you feel recharge with your lightning breath and uh tug you're up uh and i'm still being chased right correct they slowed down a little bit they're a little bit further behind you not so much on your heels right now but you uh yeah you got someone behind you well then tug is screaming towards the orb to get another hit in all right you're you're able to get close enough to this undefended orb to uh take a shot with advantage uh first one's a 13 uh, the second one is a 16. 16 will hit. So you explode out this fire breath. And you tell me how you do it. Uh, Tug uh, kind of, you know, ha- had taken the potion last turn. Is screeching, kind of like peers over his shoulder and sees that, uh, <clears throat> that his uh, follower is lagging a little bit. And feeling confident at the unguarded orb, Tug uh, holds onto his mount with his right hand, uh, points does like the finger gun at the orb and just like fires just one little like fl- uh, like little beam of fire and just pink and he just kind of does like the Kah! like he like he just shot it out of a finger gun awesome so it just tracks down the line of your hand like you're lining up a shot like it down the sights and it hits the orb in the center and the orb glows now with this bright purple light um, as you are still heading directly towards it up now is the gorilla who is super pissed and confused just frustrated with herself because she abandoned this orb and let two shots of yours get off on it so she kicks the gorilla hard and they go careening down towards you and she has already used her breath so she is just going to snag a potion just dive down a little bit and snag a potion and chug it as it's chasing you Um, just now it's fresh on your heels this gorilla is fast and Carl it's your turn you see this giant owl bear coming straight towards you. I guess I want to do a perception check for a potion. Okay, go ahead. Eight. An eight? 
Um, you look around you to the left and your right, and you're kind of panicked because this owlbear's coming. You don't see one immediately, but then as you look down past, uh, past Vern's neck, you see one about 40 feet down just on this little stump of a platform down on the ground. Uh, and as soon as I see this potion, I immediately just turn Vern straight down, and we are diving headfirst for that potion. Okay. So you just duck straight down, and this owlbear is still careening forward towards you. And as you dive straight down, they the two riders look at each other and snicker, and they fly even faster straight towards your orb, which is now undefended. And as they fly, the one remaining that uh, has not used its, its fire breath takes a shot on this undefended orb. Rolls a 15 on the first one, doesn't matter. I rolled a five on the second one. Um, so it shoots out this wide cone of flame as it gets in extremely close, which surrounds the orb and starts to grow blue. And the owl bear does a wide arc around the orb to try to get back and look for another potion. And uh, Durf, you're up. Durf and Tug. So I'm completely unguarded and I can head straight for the orb, right? You can. We have to hit the orb three times to win the game. That would correct. That would steal it. I think I'm going to fly towards the orb and then use my breath weapon on it <laughs> in an attempt to win the game. Okay, let's do it. 17. 17 right, does Jesus. it. Yeah. How, do you do, how do you do it? How do you do it, Durf? Durf flies straight at the orb, right? Right. As they're about to literally collide with it, he jumps off of Rosa, who flies underneath the orb, and he does a front flip over the orb. <laughs> Blasts his breath weapon down in it and then lands back on Rosa on the other side of the orb. Fuck yes. And as this lightning breath uh, hits the orb, this electricity crackles around it and this orb glows a bright red and the crowd goes fucking insane as you guys uh, freeze frame on your victorious poses and uh, we scan to the left and to the right and you see uh, this the Hell's Bells just sighing in in sadness and it fades out and we go into a montage of most of the rest of the day we see <laughs> we see Carl effortlessly blocking multiple shots in his direction tossing his shield up in the air at one point as a blast of ice ricochets off before he catches it and backhands a pegasus in the face you see Durf blasting the last shot on an orb once again with his lightning breath as Tug slams Mr. Boomsday directly into the goalie's chest a move the two have dubbed the puff and stuff <laughs> the momentum of your first victory rockets you forward as the monster montage shows the jello crew plank being moved up and up in the leaderboard between scenes you quickly become fan favorites as the day goes on and by the time the sun begins to set a large chunk of the crowd have changed into thick colorful sweaters that must have magically appeared in vendor shops below the stands uh, is there anything else I want you guys to add? If you, is there anything else that happened during this montage that you really want to uh, want the listeners to know about? I do have a question for the sake of the montage uh, or a- exterior of the montage. Is it possible? Would it be possible to have scammed my way into uh, getting my tug mug back? Hmm, how would you do that? 
if I would have thought of it, I wouldn't have given it in the first place. <laughs> uh, because that'll allow me to split potions, and that way I don't have to go get another potion to keep okay, firing. In between matches, you do have a little bit of downtime, so you weren't playing like this whole time. You did have a little bit of downtime back at the stables, walking around the grounds, talking to some of the opponents. Uh, just give me a slide of hand check. Let's see if you're able to kind of sneak that from the registration tent back into your pockets. Right. Hold on. Now that I have a digital character sheet, let me pull that up. While he's doing that, can I uh, can Car- can I say what Carl's doing? Sure. So uh, uh, after our uh, fabulous, fantastic victory, um, I walked around and was looking for somebody taking some bets. I wanted to make <laughs> a little make make a little bet on uh, the Jello crew to win. Yeah, you do. You kind of sneak into the stands for a minute, disguised, um, and you you find a bookie, and he's taking bets. And uh, how much money are you putting on the uh, Jello Crew? You see uh, Carl like opening his hand, and like coin doesn't fall out of his hand; it falls out of his sleeve, just piles of coin, and it it totals a hundred gold. A hundred gold. Okay, uh, Jello Crew. After the first match, after this amazing uh, first. First performance, this three to one match, um, are five to one. So you win five hundred gold. You win five hundred gold by the end of the day. Yeah. And so the montage splits, and we see Tug kind of sneaking in and grabbing his tug mug, and we see Carl kind of making side bets. Um, and these are these are mixed in with with the montage. Um, For the record, I rolled an eighteen on the sleight of hand. Oh yeah, I didn't realize you didn't roll that. I rolled. Well, okay. I rolled it, and then Brian said, "While he's doing that, I'll tell you what I do." Right. I rolled it. Okay, 18. so you definitely get the tug bug. Yep, you definitely get the tug bug. You got it in there. Hey everybody, this is Joe, your Master of Dungeons. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 38. We are back after a short, brief hiatus. Uh, sorry about that missed week there. We're, we've been getting really busy. Um, Jamal just got married this weekend. We were all there hanging out with him, celebrating him and his wife. And our music man actually just left for uh, Rome. So he's he's doing cruise stuff, music stuff with his, um, his company. And he's going to be gone for a few weeks. So actually, our next episode, we're looking at coming out probably on the 15th of October. So it'll be another small delay. Um, but for you Patreon subscribers, you will still get your next a few more beers on time uh, next week. So you'll have some content in between. Um, and we'll also, if you, if you missed the... Um, podcast of Waterdeep episode that was on the Dungeon Delve feed. We just finished that that whole series up. Uh, we'll repost that as well on our normal our normal feed. So you'll still, you know, have some have some content while you wait for that next one. But anyway, I want to just just thank you guys for your patience and hope you're still enjoying um, Arrow's Edge arc that we're kind of wrapping up. Uh, speaking of Patreon supporters, I want to give a big shout out to our $15 or more patrons, Eleanor Fitchett, David Ashley Cole, Andre K, Sir Falco the Fearless, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, Ursula Bertea, James J.C. Klontz, who wants to give a shout out to Hit Dice Podcast, Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Jonathan Zeman, Michael Kennitzer, Chris Salberg, Jaeger, GM Binder, Max Bender, Holly Roxana, Chad Putnam, Ice Blue 220, Strive for Honor, Honor, Sarah Blue, 
Mark Deacon, Natha and Samantha Ballou, John Dalstrom, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, and Jason Ford. Thank you guys so much for your support for the show. If you want to be a patron yourself and get some extra sweet content and perks, go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of episode 38, and we will see you next time. Peace out. All right. Throughout the day, during this montage and everything, you notice that the sky has grown darker and the clouds more heavy and low. The rain has been persistent, but as you enter the arena for the championship game, it comes down in buckets. The torches are lit amongst the stands, giving off a faded glow that casts the whole world in a haze. Lightning streaks across the sky, flashing light for a moment amongst the rough and jagged edges of the mountain behind the city and the dark land of Euphoros beyond. And you guys come out to the championship match and you hear the announcers say, It all comes down to this, Adam. A Cinderella story. The Jello crew has made it this far, but now is the true test. This will be a match we talk about for decades to come, Josh. And he turns to the crowd. People of Arrow's Edge. I give you your current champions, leaders of the royal army, the pride of the dragonborn, the house of storms and crash, another flash of lightning followed by booming thunder as three black shadows explode out of the gate and circle the arena in a blur of black scales. You're not sure if it's the sound of the storm or the roaring of the crowd that is louder, but whatever noise may be, you can't help but think that you might have been able to hear it from the quiet outskirts of Woodhaven. And what is your reaction to all this as you guys are out there? Are the the guys who are talking holding microphones? They have these wands that are kind of attached like microphones, and they're glowing, and uh, they have a continuous thaumaturgy spell on them that lets their their voice boom out three times as loud. Durf flies over and grabs one of the microphones. (laughs) Okay. Out of his hand. All right. And And he starts chanting, when I say goo, you say punch. Goo. And then he holds the microphone up to the crowd. And all you hear is crickets. <laughs> it was like, and rain and thunder. And Derv's like, damn, I thought they liked us. <laughs> Tug, like, like side eyes where Derv just went. And he kind of like <laughs> turns to Kong, gives like the... <laughs> uh, but as the, as the rain's pouring down and the uh, House of Storms is rolling in, um, the cable knit vomit colored sweater gets heavy on tug and in a show of uh confidence and perceived dominance uh does not want uh his sweater to weigh him down so he he tears off the sweater and is now just bare chested um and hops on mr Uh, no that's not not yet points at the house of storms uh does his junk jostle at them goes And then he gets on Mr. Boomsday and fires (laughs) off into uh, the middle of the arena as he's done uh, at the start of every match in the tournament thus far. Nice. What do you do with the sweater? It just literally torn up 
Actually, that's a great point. Torn out rockets to the sky and just careens around to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, a, a, a poor little dragonborn that probably can't afford his own sweater, but maybe snuck into the stadium and just <laughs> slouches this. <laughs> Soaking wet cable net I was gonna say, sweater. You're traveling just, at such a high speed in slow motion. This wet sweater just just goes. <laughs> Snacks is getting the face. And and then I and then I give him I give him a wink. Like as, he's like he can't see me wink at him because he's coated in this huge sweater <laughs> that's slapping wet. But I do I do give him an inspirational wink. And you, you can't see his face because it's hidden in the sweater, but he just sticks a big thumb out <laughs> as, you, as you fly by. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, the, the House of Storms take their places opposite you in, in a triangle formation. Each of them are riding on black wyverns with piercing red eyes. And you know this from before because you saw them at the very beginning of this arc. And you could just make out the color of their scales past their long black cloaks and through the rain in the approaching darkness of night. The green and red dragonborn hover several feet above and in front of their orb with jagged shields as the black one finds himself in front, their mounts beating their wings in unison, grunting and licking their lips as smoke rises from their nostrils. And uh, Durf and Carl, where are you guys setting up? I guess we're in our regular one one one, right? Same formation. Our regular, our only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been doing this all day. Wait, one, we, one, one? We, we, we won all those games that we we played with this strategy. We're in a classic bozo <laughs> formation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carl. You just hovering hovering over the orb. Yeah. All you hear behind the microphone that uh, Josh has taken back from Durf is here we. Go and a gong rings out. Roll initiative. Thirteen for old tug. Five. Fifteen. Um. All right. Up first is the black dragonborn, who is mere feet away from tug. And as the gong rings out in a flash, this thing is flying towards you, tug. What do you do? If if you're putting the onus on me. Tug recognizing using his monk's inner focus that he still has despite being a dragonborn sees this opponent careening at him and simply uh, stays put and expends a key point for patient defense. So what does that do? Uh, that allows me to uh, dodge the next turn. So essentially give them disadvantage. Okay, nice. So it's going to just come straight at you and try to uh, clip you off the side and knock you off of your mount. So it's going to roll with disadvantage. And this is against your uh, AC. Uh, rolls a 19 and then a 23. God. Yeah. He, it's a big hit there. Yeah. So this wyvern kind of just consumes you, goes straight over you, and I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. <sighs> it's an 11. It's an 11? Okay. Uh, this is a dirty hit. This dirty hit. This wyvern comes by and smashes you across the side with its head, and you go falling off in slow motion. You are falling off of your mount as this thing comes straight towards Carl and takes a shot on the orb. I rolled a 12. So as it's coming straight towards you, the wyvern kind of has to straighten out after this, after this hit, and this dragonborn shoots out this 
green line of flame that um, that just shoots straight off to the left, and you don't even have to raise the shield to block it. Um, and it kind of veers off to the left, just just outside of your range, and tries to arc back around. And Carl, you're up. Uh, and there is there the other two are still back towards like midfield. Right. Uh, I'm going to chase the one that just took the shot on me and okay. try and close in and make an attack against them. All right. With your sword? With my... Or? Yeah, I'm going to use my breath. Okay. Your cold breath? Yep. All right. I'm going to make a constitution saving throw. That is a 17. All right. So it's uh, it's going to take half, half damage, Carl. So roll ahead. Go ahead. Roll. Rolled uh, 12 total, so you'll take six damage. So your cold breath uh, consumes this guy, and he he yells out in in pain, this low, like, as the cold breath hits his back, and he arches his back, um, and it looks like it does some some good damage. Tug, you're up. You're falling. And, like, each round is six seconds, so, and this is just after, like, the first or second turn, so you have just started to fall. Okay, so um, how high up was he? 40 feet. So I have slow fall, which will, I can use as a reaction, right? So I can do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'll slow fall and just, whis- I guess, whistle for Mr. Boomsday to come kind of like swoop me up. I-, I believe that's how slow fall works, correct? Like it actually yes. slows down my momentum to earth? Right. Yep. Okay. So you wouldn't take any falling damage. But go ahead and uh, roll me an animal handling. And um, this is far. Uh, no, just roll me an animal handling. 21. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. Mr. Boomsday immediately comes to your rescue, um, spreading out its wings and taking a, f- a far arc and uh, careening down and scooping you back up. And uh, I'll let you still have an action or a movement at least. Um, so per- perceiving a potion station is an action, correct? Yes. Okay, I will perceive a potion station. Well, you guys are f- full... Doesn't mean I can't go grab potions, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Okay, give me a perception. Uh, I, I was a 19 plus 3. Oh, shit. There's one. As soon as he scoops you up, so you got to roll to 22. As soon as he scoops you up, you see one directly in front of you, maybe five feet right where you were actually almost about to hit it. Cool. Um, well, I guess on my next turn, I'll grab a potion, right? Yeah, you can grab some now if you want. Um, I will grab one and... Uh, oh fuck! I threw off the sweater. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> cool. I guess I just grab one. You grab one. Okay. <laughs> All right. You scoop up a potion. Um, up next is the red dragonborn. Now these red and green dragonborns are on either side of the orb with two shields, uh, letting their leader kind of do their thing. So they're just going to get set. They're going to push a little bit forward, closer to where you guys are. They see this amazing move from Tug and his mount, so they're a little bit interested in that. And so uh, the red one is going to just push forward about 20 feet further away from the orb and ready in action. And Durf, you're up. Uh, Durf will also perceive a potion. 24. There is one directly in front of you too. It's a little bit lower. Uh, you got to scoop that a little bit, but you could very, you can almost touch it at this point. You set yourself up very close to one for this reason. Durf, Durf just grabs it, puts it in his, I don't know, sweater, uh, <laughs> and uh, heads over towards 
uh, towards where where Tug is. Kind of what? Where? So where's Tug in relation to the two guys? Tug is about midfield. Uh, both of them are still about halfway between midfield and their orb. A Durf will just fly up and and post up right to the like left of Tug. So they're side okay. by side. All right. So you guys are right next to each other. The green one is also going to push forward a little bit, not doing Wait. anything yet, but holding an action. Yep. It was picking up the potion in action. Yeah. Okay. So I can't attack. I can't just like shoot an arrow at them. Well, drinking the potion is an action. So I think yeah, you're you can you can pick one up and then do something else if you want. Yeah. Once I once I get next to Chug, I would just like to cheekily shoot an arrow at okay. uh, at the guy who's closer to me. All right. Natural 20. Natural 20? <laughs> you hit him square in the face. Uh, roll damage, and then I'm going to roll uh, a deck save because that what was e- a What even hit. is the damage of this bow? Um, it's just a d6. It's all padded, so it's just a d6. Straight d6. Five. Five damage. Oh, do you double it because it's crit, so you roll two d6. I roll twice or I double it? You roll twice. Sorry. Double the dice. <laughs> 11 then. Okay. 11 damage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a massive hit. Okay, I'm going to raise the DC on him uh, to be able to to hang on to this. All right, so he's going to roll a dex, a, uh, I guess a strength save after it, it, or a dex save after it gets hit with this massive hit. And that's a 13. Um, I'm going to say that misses because that was dope. Uh, a natural 20 hits this guy square in the face and he falls backwards and the wyvern screeches as the reins are kind of pulled around its throat and he starts to fall backwards on his mount. Um, up next is the green wyvern and he's going to try to save his buddy with a uh, animal handling check. Rolls a natural 20. So... Um, <laughs> It does that. So the, the wyvern that was kind of holding on to this guy that fell uh, is panicked and kind of floats off, but the other one scoops down and grabs him. And so now there are two shielded dragonborn, a green one and a red one, both atop the same wyvern. There's a rogue wyvern off to the right side of the orb. And up next is the black dragonborn that's being chased down by Carl. And Carl, this thing is wicked fast so give me a dexterity check just to see if you can keep up with him or an animal handling 17 17 all right i'm gonna roll okay so you are out on its tails even though it's fast you are following it as it's kind of arcing around um it searches down and it scoops up a potion and chugs it immediately but you are still hot on its tails and it's your turn so do potion stations have more than one potion yeah if, so do I need to roll a perception check if I'm hot on its tail and I saw him scoop up a potion? I'll say no. Yeah, yeah there's so, another one on uh, there. I want to s- scoop up a potion and then break off and head back to the orb. Okay, you're peeling away. Yeah, I'm going right. to peel away. All right, that's totally fine. You do that. Uh, Tug, you're up. So I have the potion. Um, d- did we ever determine what kind of pants we were wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say normal pants. You want them to have pockets? That'd be fucking... Cargo, cargo pants? That'd be fucking cargo. nice. If I went through all the trouble to get a tug mug back, I think, and then I, I, I just chucked my yeah. jersey over the That's amazing. I think sweaters and cargo pants totally make sense. Cool. Straight out of 2002. Let's go. <laughs> uh, and the cargo pants actually have the zipper on the knee, just in case you want to make them shorts. Oh, God. <laughs> Perfect. That's amazing. Um... 
So Tug slips the potion into the right-hand par- cargo pocket. Um, notices that both um, riders are now on one wyvern. Kind of does like a big arc, you know, from uh, falling down, getting picked up, snagging a potion. Does a big arc and kind of like barrel rolls like back from upside down to right side up and is now streaking towards the uh, orb and I would like to use one of uh, my fancy points. Your, your stuff points? Yeah. Uh, so I want to use one of my fancy points to similar to a maneuver that Durf did in game one. Uh, Tug <laughs> is going to have Mr. Boomsday just streak directly at the, uh, the wyvern with the two riders. He leans forward and whispers something in uh, uh, Mr. Boomsday's ear and kind of gets up and is kind of surfing on uh, Mr. Boomsday's back. So he's on his feet. Mr. Boomsday, with the mission of crashing into the riders in the wyvern, uh, Tug is going to leap just before that happens and try and take a shot on the orb. So you can do this. I'll let you do this. You're using a stump point. You can either use it on the shot or use it on an animal handling check for the, for Boomsday to do that. And that gives me advantage. Right. I think, I think I'd rather use it on the animal handling. Okay, do that. Okay. Uh, first one's a 10. Hopefully something a little bit better than that. Natural 20 on the second one. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nice. God damn. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so I just... My feet are leaving Boomsday's back as he is, like, spinning his body and just broadsiding the shit <laughs> out of the wyvern and the two dragon boners on its back. Uh, all right. Let's see if you knock these guys out. Uh, you rolled a natural 20. I'm going to make a both roll... I guess dexterity saving throws. Uh, all right. Oh shit! I rolled an eighteen and a seventeen without modifiers. Um, so the natural twenty is enough. Do your damage on on Boomsday. I guess like a charge on Boomsday. Uh, why don't you roll? Uh, why don't you roll? It's a natural twenty. Roll sixty six. Holy smokes! Of course, the one time I'm not using a uh, electronic dice roller. Because you guys right. gave me so much shit, I actually went out and bought <laughs> dice. Now I have to roll 60 <laughs> fucking sick. So you got 8, 13, 14, 20, 21 damage. 21 damage. Okay, so Red already took this massive shot of this blunted arrow to the face with a natural 20, and now it's getting smashed by a Pegasus with a natural 20, and that's enough damage to knock him unconscious. So he flies, as, as Mr. Broomstage just crashes into this wyvern, both of its wings go up, and the red one just uh, just flips off one of the wings and goes flying into the stands and crashes against uh, some audience members and lays there. The other one takes a massive amount of damage, but manages to just hang on to its wyvern's wings, and it's just hanging there with both arms um, as you take your shot. Okay, now is this... I just have to beat a 15 here, right? Yes, you do. All right, dexterity, no proficiency, got to beat a 15. What do you say, yep. new dice? I'm going to use luck. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go. 16, so 21. All right, you hit it. Tell me how you do it. Uh, so Tug has, you know, left in the air and is looking down as Boomsday crashes into the wyvern and its two riders. And uh, just kind of just in the air, kind of uh, hits, hits a Jesus, arms out, 
and it just spirals himself to just fire while whilst upside down in a single beam to uh, ignite the orb. And you hear like the crackling of the intense flame uh, in the rains and the storms and just mist starts being created around the orb and stuff because of the heat of the flame. Nice, yeah, this this orb absorbs it and immediately starts growing this this hot blue and you see kind of like blue flames, like hot flames kind of licking off the sides of it. And since Red is out of commission, Durf, you are up next. Well, since Tug did all that cool shit, Durf will just kind of shrug his shoulders, <laughs> uh, fly directly up to the orb and take a shot at it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, natural 20 on the first roll. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Championship. Nope. Fucking championship. All right, tell me how you, you, you hit a shot on it. Yeah, Durf is being completely nonchalant because uh, Tug, Tug did it all. So he just, he just scoots up and uh, puts his hands on his shoulders and sort of like, uh, like a guy in a cartoon spitting in a spittoon. Just, you know... <laughs> And a tiny <laughs> bolt of lightning streaks out and hits the orb in the center, and it starts to turn a purple. Tug, you're still flying, just flipping through the air as Mr. Boomsday is trying to uh, to get back its bearings and find you. Um, the green, the green dragonborn is going to climb back on its wyvern and see the orb glowing this this purple, which means two strikes against it, and it's going to panic and race right after you, Durf, and it's going to fire a poisonous cone of breath directly in your direction, and roll me a con save. 17. 17 will do it. So you're going to take a total of three poison damage um, as you barely get hit with a splattering of a of, of few little ounces of poison that Does hit your the, body. Does um, the damage that I took last time in the last match carry over? Yeah. Okay. Not that it matters. I didn't take very much. How, did no. my wyvern, t- or excuse me, did my pegasus take any damage from the charge? No. Okay. From the charge? No. Okay. Nope. No, you're good. The wyvern did. All right, up next, uh, let's see, where's the black dragonborn chugged one of these potions, um, and it sees its companions just in in disarray back there. Uh, and I should be calling the black dragonborn by its name, which is Klontz, which we said at the very beginning of the show. Sorry, James Klontz. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Sorry, Klontz. Yeah, the black dragonborn is Klontz. So Klontz, uh, after chugging this potion and uh, seeing Carl turn back, uh, whips his wyvern around just in midair, just whips it around, um, stopping it in its tracks as it's flapping its wings. And it charges straight at Carl and fires another extremely powerful line of acid at the orb trying to get past Carl's shoulders. Uh, that is a 24. You're good. <laughs> a 20. A 20. All right, so uh, this line of acid this it swirls like a screw just this this swirling line of of green and purple uh penetrates your shield carl goes straight through your shield creating a hole in it and straight back towards the orb and the orb starts to glow blue uh and carl you're up so he's got one hit they've got one hit on the orb we've got two yeah and he's coming straight towards you uh, seeing that he's coming straight toward me, he's already hit our orb. Uh, I am going to 
play a game of chicken with him. I'm going to go directly at him. And nice. uh, as soon as like we're getting ready to like collide, mm-hmm. I want to uh, the last second. Troyer is going to like dive, mm-hmm. and I'm going to leap and kind of try and uh, grapple Klontz. And so you're leaping onto his mount? I'm going to try and tackle him off of his mount. Use a fancy Fuck. point. Use a fancy point. Yeah, you could do that. You want to use a stunt point? <laughs> yeah, we'll use a stunt point. All right, uh, roll me a... Um, let's see, a grapple is a strength check. So roll me a strength check. You get advantage. I'm going to roll against it. I have a 26. 20, holy fuck. Uh, I'm really wait. strong. Yeah, you are really <laughs> strong. All right, so in slow motion, this is so badass. This this white dragonborn on a silvered wyvern is coming directly towards this black dragonborn on his black wyvern. It's such a badass image. And you guys are just like coming straight at each other, just nose to nose, nose to nose. And at the last second, Vern dives as you leap and you collide into Klontz. Uh, wrapping your arms around him as you tumble off the mountain, um, both of you. Yes. Nice. With this attack, and you are both tumbling down towards the earth, and you are spinning. The whole world is flashing left and right from you, and he looks you in the eyes, and you see something sinister behind those eyes, and he shoves you off of him, and he whistles to his wyvern who comes screaming down at him and scoops him up. And then he makes a sound that sounds more animalistic than any sort of sentient race you have uh, met before. This is not going well for him and his team. They're down two to one. His defenders are useless or unconscious And he starts shrieking like a wild, wild animal. And his wyvern is beating its wings wildly as it careens and spins frantically in the air to and fro around the arena, back and forth like a moth on a flame. The crowd gasps as Klontz is tossed about like a rag doll. The two dive directly towards the opposing orb which now starts to glow from a purple to a strange bright silvery light the green dragonborn panics and backs away from the orb and you derf and it tries to pull away from Klontz but as as Klontz is riding forward at tremendous speed it is drug along its path as black tendrils of smoke lash out and wrap themselves around the wyvern pulling the green dragonborn in and you see this rogue wyvern actually struggle against these other tendrils that are reaching out and grabbing it from the sky and pulling it into its own body the flames around the area the torches are starting to lick at the air like crazy casting shadows along the faces of the crowd that are now screaming in terror the rider is growing Klontz is growing And as his teammates are consumed by this strange black matter, Klotz and his wyvern spin in a swirling cloud of darkness, still shrieking. The shrieks turn to howls and slowly to deep guttural roars as this black mass expands above its orb. 
two gigantic wings sprout out from inside as a powerful tail swats at the air. A set of red eyes pierces through the darkness, followed shortly by the grin of razor-sharp teeth beneath a long snout. The black cloud is instantly burnt away as the dragon arches its neck upwards, spouting out a gigantic plume of flame that arches across the open sky above the arena. Onlookers scramble to escape, climbing over one another to rush out of the area, some leaping from the tower balconies to come crashing down to the ground. The dragon extends a single claw along the orb, protecting it like an egg, and it glows like a beacon now, and you see the source of its light. Swirling inside in a cloud of gray, silvery smoke, its diamond glistening to perfection, is the crown of prudence, the fifth priest of Pelor. Let's fight a fucking dragon. This, uh, off the record, um, I don't know what my max HP is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You meet in a tavern, everybody. If I, if I, that's off the record. He's going to cut that out. No, I'm he's looking definitely, at my sheet. I'm definitely not going to cut that out. I'm looking at my sheet and there are so many numbers just cut out. Can I send How long it? have we been playing this game? Yo, hold on. Let me just to share this. Sh- I was the sh- keeper of his sheet for a long time. That's true. Oh my god! Look at that hit current hit point <laughs> box. Use a pencil, dude. Use a pencil. How? Wow. What I should have been maintaining is an electronic form of my. Yeah. Why don't you thing. just use a? There are like a hundred oh. different editable PDFs online. The top of your sheet says, "Bold Eleanor spelled wrong, Sierra fight <laughs> Ursula." Ursula. And then just a bunch of O's. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's probably when we were in the spooky cotton candy village. <laughs> it looks like your hit point maximum is 26. No. no. Oh, was, because up here, like... if you see, I don't know if you see, I don't know if you. Oh, know 35. If it's 35. 35. Okay. But I think that was like level six or seven. Is, is your new hit point maximum covered up by your Google Maps uh, waypoint <laughs> right next to it? <laughs> <laughs> that is very possible. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, I want to give a special shout out to our $5 patrons. That is Metal Minister, Cody Irwin, Henry Strong, Lady Mage Sire, James Kendall, Shepard Tiberius, Joshua McKee, Anderson Martins, Jimmy the Penguin, Austin Pence, Derek Norman, Tim Searle, Liquor Locker, Team Eugene, Jacqueline Green, Snormantha, Kensworth Slater, Zabrija Emma Spring, Team Joe and Carl, Joshua Ald, Sierra Jones, Torland for the Win, Oyabun, Ryan Corbin, Torben Schwarz, James Crouch, JJ Haller, Chris Harrison, Tucker Barkley, Pat Menads, Seth M. Harrison, Kevin DeHart, Thomas Sanchez, Matthew Watson, Kevin Kozlowski, Jesse Jones, David Barron, Dan McStalkerson, Jason Rittman, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin, Ian Coughling, William Martin, Dungeon Masters Thrift Shop, Dungeons and Newbies, aka Jack, Nick Vukulic, Vitaly Vasilyuk, Joe Quickle, and Adam Hoffling. Love all of you. Thank you so much for your continued support of this thing we like to call You Meet in a Tavern. Okay. Uh, see you later. Bye. <laughs>